Welcome to another episode of You From The Bridge, the London Chelsea podcast. I'm Scott Trotter, and once again, I'm joined by my colleague, Bobby Vincent. How are you doing, Bobby? I'm uh, good, Scott. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Obviously, transfer season kicking into full flow now. Are you enjoying the break from the season, or is this even more tiring? It's even more tiring. Um, the window's not even open yet, but... Already, there just seems to have been so much going on, and I think that's you know um, going to be how the window goes for Chelsea once again. But yeah, I, I, I'm also happy. I think we all sort of needed a break from football, especially with the way Chelsea are playing. So it's nice to have sort of no football, but uh, silly season is upon us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and as you kind of alluded to there, transfer window not open for another couple of weeks yet, or maybe just over a week now. Um, Chelsea, obviously, of course, linked to lots of players, but more pertinently at this stage with their absolutely huge squad, uh, do also have to sell players. Um, obviously, in recent weeks, maybe Mason Mount has taken the headlines on that front, but we've got a bit of a special episode today where we will be going through every single player in that Chelsea squad. Um, including a few who are coming back from their loans as well. And given our verdict on whether Chelsea should maybe keep, sell, loan, or maybe just given a little bit of information, what we know about their future and where it might lie. Um, I guess it kind of makes sense then, Bobby, to start with the goalkeepers. Uh, Chelsea have had two first-team keepers this season in Kepa Arizabala and Eduard Mendy. Uh, I think both have two years remaining on the contracts. Kepa ended the season as, as first choice, um, but will will either of them be first choice next season? I don't think so. And I think for a lot of Chelsea fans, they hope not as well. Um, both are good keepers, uh, but I just don't think either of them are good enough for where Chelsea want to be. Uh, it's a weird one with Mendy because, you know, start of last season, um, the season's just gone. We we all thought he was a brilliant keeper. He had a couple of mistakes in the season before that, but he was very consistent with um, his performances. He was obviously brilliant in his first season with Chelsea um, winning the Champions League. But it, it just mistakes kept creeping into his game and he became a lot more... I think we noticed a lot more how his footwork and passing ability was um, definitely a weakness of his. And yeah, I think both sides were keen to sort of extend his contract, but then I think his performances didn't help him start of last season. Then he was dropped and Kepa came in. And Kepa, he didn't have a terrible season. I, I don't think it was great. I think it was decent slash good Um he didn't make too many howlers, which is good because, you know, when Kepa was just signed by Chelsea for the ludicrous money they spent on him um, a few years ago, he was making mistakes week in, week out. And But he wasn't doing that. But at the same time, I think definitely towards the end of the season, there were there were a lot of shots where you think he should, he probably could save that without it being a noticeable howler, so to speak. So, yeah, yeah, he had a decent season, but I just don't think either of them are good enough, to be honest, Scott. And we, we know Chelsea are looking at goalkeepers. There's been a few names um, mentioned, but I'm hoping Chelsea will get someone, you know, someone dominant and someone who's clearly their first choice and someone who can 
lift them up the league next season. Yeah, I think for a long time that that did feel like it was going to be Imendi. Um, for whatever reason, he ha- he has faltered. Uh, no, he, as you mentioned, had an incredible run to the Champions League. Remember, even early in that following Premier League season, he was doing some amazing things to help Chelsea uh, go top of the table um, at a time where you know they weren't really playing well enough to be top of the table outside of the results in Mendia. I think it was against maybe Aston Villa in September when Lukaku scored. Mendy produced some great saves there and you know was breaking, keeping records left, right and centre, I think. Um, and unbelievable. Yeah, it's just really fell off. Uh, I think in terms of keep sell loan, obviously, you know, Chelsea need to get bodies out and if they're bringing people in, um, you kind of have that question of do they need to bring another keeper in if both keepers go out? So maybe I think you just sell one of them. Maybe Mendy would be the more sellable goalkeeper um, on the lower salary and came in for the lower fee. But Kepa, you know, has played well this season. Maybe might have a market as, as big as it's ever been for him um, following his move to Chelsea. They've obviously struggled in the past to sell him because of things like his salary. Uh, but whether they could perhaps see now with two years remaining just a, a good time to write off the remaining salary that they would have to pay is a good time to, to get rid of that, perhaps. Um, it feels hard to say that you'd sell Mendy given what he's done for the club, but I think through pure ease, maybe he's the one to do that. And then maybe Kepa can fight fight unless I guess you want one of Chelsea's other goalkeepers to come in and that obviously leaves Marcus Bettinelli. He signed a contract extension earlier this year. Um I don't think we really need to talk too much about him. He's obviously Chelsea's designated third goalkeeper. Uh, I think keep keep him, fill that slot. He seems really good for the atmosphere behind the scenes, really lively in training. But perhaps the more interesting question is on uh, Gabriel Slanina. Um, he's been away with the under-20s uh, USA at the World Cup. They just got knocked out. Uh, I think he kept like four clean sheets. Uh, obviously joined Chelsea last summer, spent some time at the club he was coming from, Chicago Fire on loan, and then came in January. Played for the dev team and has been in that third goalkeeper spot on a match day a few times. Um, been impressive for the dev team and obviously has... A massive future, but I don't know what, what would you like to see next for uh, Slanina or Gaga, as they call. Them? Uh, I, I think, I think it just depends on what how Chelsea view him right now because they've also got massive hopes for him in the future. But coming back to Kepa and Mendy, I think in an ideal world they'd like to you know offload both this summer because they've like you said they both only got two years left in their contracts and. If say if one goes, say if Mendy goes, because like you said, he's the easier one to let go because of his salary and everything. Um, then Kepler will go for a fraction of the price next summer if they can sell him, because like you say, his wages are very high, and he's not really done enough for a big club to come and um, you know match his wages, and he's not going to be wanting. He's not going to be wanting to take too much of a downgrade on his wages. So in an ideal world, you Chelsea would be able to promote Slanina, if you will, to a second goalkeeper because I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen enough of Bettinelli. So I don't, I don't feel it's fair for me to comment on him, but um, I guess he's probably not seen as someone who's good enough to be a second choice goalkeeper. And I know Slanina will be in the future, definitely. Or, you know, Chelsea have big hopes for him and um, he's a very highly rated goalkeeper. So 
if they feel that it's more beneficial for him to sort of play back up next season rather than go out and play some football elsewhere, then that maybe that's the route to go down. Um, I don't necessarily think that will be the case. I think you're probably right. I think um, probably Kepa does today and Mendy goes or vice versa. Um, so in that case, yeah, I'd probably like to see Selena go out on loan. Um, whether it's back to America or maybe even like, you know, somewhere in England, Championship, um, League One. We've seen Chelsea send goalkeepers to lower leagues before and it's benefited them. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think you've seen more of Sonina than I have, to be honest. But from what I've seen, I've, he looks, looks a very good um, young goalkeeper. I know a lot of people on my um, Twitter timeline rave about him. People who watch a lot more of him than I do. But yeah, I think it probably will be another loan for him unless unless Chelsea see him differently. Yeah, I think what's exciting about Selena um, when you compare him to Chelsea's current keepers is that he he does bring a certain authority about him. He, he wants to be a leader on the pitch. And uh, I wrote a piece about him yesterday, uh, Monday, if you listen to it at a different time. But um, he kind of spoke about what was appealing about Chelsea uh, and his arrival, and, and it was the development plan for him. So I, th- I think, to an extent, they must know what they want to do with Celine next season. Um, he said that adjusting to you know the Premier League standard in training has has been something that has been a challenge, and he is obviously still trying to do. So I think that almost sets him up for a loan, whether it be in the Championship, um, because he is still you know so young. Um, or anywhere else in, in league football, just to, to get those consistent minutes and to really get used to, I guess, the physicality of football over here. And I think that would be the ideal setup. I think it would be a shame, even if the, it did open up from be second choice goalkeeper, just because Chelsea don't have as much football to play this season, maybe it'd be a shame to see him sit on the bench so much. Um, yeah, but no, maybe they would... Sorry, I was going to say, I think that's a good point. Like, I'd, I'd like to see him, if he does go stay in England, because we... Uh, we've had, you know, problems with. <clears throat> we've seen problems with Kepa over his time, with just coming out and get getting the ball and imposing himself as a goalie um, from set pieces. And I think there's a lot to be said about going down to the Championship, which you know is arguably more of a physical league in the Premier League in terms of you get more big number nines, you get bigger centre backs usually, and it is very aggressive. So I think going somewhere like there or League One, <clears throat> excuse me, will definitely benefit him in that to, in that side of the game because as a young goalkeeper he's, he's obviously got all the ability in the world as, as a goalkeeper in terms of you know his technique saving shots uh good on the ball but you you want to see him sort of bulk up and just get get more confident with it because any goalkeeper who plays in the premier league is going to need to um you know he's going to need to impose himself because otherwise strikers will have a field there yeah, definitely. And um, I think there we'll move on to, you know, maybe one of the more difficult decisions uh, of the day. Um, Reese James, uh, what, what would you do with him? <laughs> yeah, I'd just sell him. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, it's going to be one of... There are only a few players, really, in the Chelsea squad where you just say, keep, he is one of them. Um, yeah, I just, I just hope for his sake that he can enjoy a season finally because it's just last couple of seasons just been horrible for him in terms of injuries and just not playing enough football. And I, I'm hoping Chelsea because I think the um, addition of Malo Gusto will help him because 
think there'll be less pressure on him. He won't have to play every game necessarily. So, you know, there's less of a risk of muscle injuries, which is what he's been picking up time after time. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just hoping he can stay fit because he is, you know, people seem to, I think, not not Chelsea fans necessarily, but I think other f- football fans um, do forget how good he is because he's simply not playing enough, but he is un- an unbelievable footballer. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I guess you almost uh, signed off on the verdict of Malagusta there as well. As he's probably got to stay, if nothing else, to try and get the best out of Rhys James. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Chelsea have been needing a sub right back for, you know, for a while now. Um, we'll touch on someone else in a minute who I won't mention yet, but um, there's just not really been enough competition for him. And there's the drop off between James and whoever else has just been too, it's been too vast. And um, I'm hoping, you know, well, from what I've seen, Augusto, he's a very good player. He, he's very highly rated and someone who can attack and defend as well, which is what. James does brilliantly. He's, he's a very good all-rounder, James. And I think I think Chelsea have hopes for Gusto being similar. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see him finally. Like you, you kind of forget about him almost because of all the signings Chelsea have made, and see they did make the signing of Gusto as well, but they loaned him back to Leon. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see his role, uh, whether it is just you know a straight back up to James, or whether it's going to be a rotation. Or I think. For James's sake and for Chelsea's sake, rotation probably would be the best option just because, yeah, like I just said about James, his injuries have been far too frequent and he needs a he needs a bit of a he needs a bit of support to in order to get his fitness back. Yeah, and I guess we'll stick on the right and I don't know, maybe this is the player you're alluding to, but Cesar Aspilicueta, Chelsea's captain. Um Actually, I think just celebrated graduating from a course at Harvard. So obviously a very bright guy as well, uh, perhaps looking on these next steps in football business. Um, he obviously stayed at the club last season when lots of people expected him to go. He signed a new deal um, kind of to aid that transition that Chelsea had when there was lots of you know turmoil and defence behind the scenes, lots of going on. Um, whether... His place is so secure this season, I think, is another difficult question. It feels like another summer where there's going to be a lot of turnover. But whether that place on the pitch is there for him so much as his leadership and things like that, I, I don't really know. Um, if there is a move for him, I think a sale would be good for Chelsea. Um, it'd be a shame that he hadn't got to say a proper goodbye, if that was the case, I think. But perhaps... For Chelsea to move on his team, he, he, maybe things are moving on from him as well. But he is obviously a, a proper Chelsea leader, uh, somebody who's won everything and can perhaps try and help set the standards that, that were so lacking last season. Um, so maybe there is a chance he says he does have time left on that contract. Uh, but given he did want to leave at one stage last year as well, perhaps now's the right time to be sold. Would you agree there? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think Chelsea, if they got some some sort of money for Aspilicueta, they sort of bite your hand off for it now. Um, he's been, a, like you said, he's been a fantastic servant to Chelsea. He's been here for like a decade now, I think, and he's won, he's literally won everything, so there's nothing more he can do, and uh, unfortunately for him, as it is with every footballer around his age, they do start you know, losing some of their f- physical attributes, and I think that has been the case of Aspilicueta. Um, drop-off simply, like I was alluding to earlier, the drop-off was too big between him and Rhys James. He's 
he's not capable of doing what he used to be able to do. <clears throat> and that's through no fault of his own. That's just, you know, nat- that's just natural in football. Um, but yeah, I think it is time to move on. And it, we were there at Stamford Bridge on um, a couple of weekends ago now for the um, Newcastle game. And there was a lovely banner for us and, you know, he was out with the rest of his uh, squad clapping the fans at the end and whether or not that was a good buy I think in the back of his mind it probably might might have been um, because I think if Chelsea can get any sort of money for him they, they would sell him because it's players like him that they need to sell now because they're not gonna you know they're not gonna really be contending for a place in the first team especially with Malagusto coming um, and Chelsea just need to move on, you know, it's a, it's the start of a new chapter. And I think by getting rid of someone like Asper Clayton, who's been at the club for so many years, that's probably a perfect way to embark on a new chapter. But yeah, it'll be sad to see him go, but I think, I think now is the right time. Yeah, and then someone who's still very young in his Chelsea career up next, Benoit Badia-Shield. Um, obviously injured late in the season, which was a shame. Hopefully he'll be back and fit for next season, which perhaps indicates... I think he should probably stay. Um, I don't think there's too much of a question ar- around his future this summer. Um, but yeah, un- unless you think he perhaps could benefit from a loan, or do you think he- he's going to be in that team next season? I think he'll be in and around that team. Um, it's really hard to sort of gauge what Poch is going to do in terms of... There are so many centre-halves. So many. Because, yeah. um, you, I mean, judging by his... Um, you know, his past managerial jobs, he hasn't really paid for it back too much, unless I'm wrong. I don't think that has been the case. So there's probably only going to be slots of two centre-backs, which is a bit of a change, really, for Chelsea, because, you know, the last, um, well, in Tuchel, Lampard and Potter, we've seen three at the back used quite a bit. So unless Pochettino carries that on because he's got so many centre-backs, that I don't I don't think that probably will be the case. But, yeah, Badia Shield's done, done really well, I think, uh, a lot of people, including myself, didn't really think he'd have much of a sniff when he signed in January. It was more of a, you know, one for the future. And maybe if you asked me in January, I, I probably think he would have been loaned out in the summer. But he did really well. Um, I think he's he slotted in quite seamlessly. He's a very physical centre-back, really tall, so naturally good in the air. He's very quick for his height as well. His, um, you know, his recovery speed was good and... Um, Helped Chelsea out a lot of times, and again, very good on the ball. So I think he, I think he has all the attributes to be a top centre back, and yeah, really interested to see what what happens with him this season. Yeah, and likewise, Wesley Fofana had a few difficult moments at Chelsea this season. Had some really good moments as well, but somebody you expect to see step up next season as Chelsea keep and look to you know transition that defence. Absolutely, uh, he's been. I think overall, really, quite a positive season for him personally because big expectation on his price tag. A lot of people, um, a lot of people, sort of criticising Chelsea for spending, you know, seventy to eighty million on him because uh, you know relatively unproven, um, still really young. But so, and I think it would have been very easy for someone like him to sort of fold under the pressure like that. And how many times have we spoke about that? You know, a player not living up to his price tag. But I think the lack of talk about Fofana in terms of from rival fans and other you know, pundits, I think that's probably a good thing with a centre-back because 
in an ideal world, you don't really want your centre back to be spoken about a lot because the more he's spoken about, the more he's have he's having to, you know, um, play and recover for his own mistakes. But he did he didn't make many that that one at old well, two at Old Trafford in a five minute spell. Really, that was you know that was undoubtedly his worst moment for Chelsea. Moments for Chelsea, um, but I, I think overall injuries aside, because again he it was an injury riddled campaign and. For such a young player, he has struggled with injuries quite a bit. He, you know, he um, broke his leg when he was at Leicester, which kept him out for like almost a season, I think. And they had a couple of muscle injuries last year, which were not ideal. But I think a really positive season. And I think if you ask a lot of Chelsea fans what they think of Fofana after his first however many appearances, I, th- I think a lot of them would be happy. And yeah, I, I do see him, like I just said about, you know, we don't know who Chelsea are going to start at centre back. Um, under Pochettino, but for me, Wesley Fofana would be one of those players because yeah, I, I'm just a really big fan of him. I, I, I've just been really impressed when I've seen him. I, I liked him at Leicester, and I was saying about the price tag. I, I did think it was a bit steep. I'm not gonna lie, um, but yeah, I've been really impressed with him. Actually, he's, he surprised me in a good way um, without setting the world alight. But I don't think he needed to, so that's good. Yeah, um, for the most part as well. I really like his attitude. He, he never. Seems to like say no to a battle. He, he can take responsibility at times. I know early in the season, I think when Silva went off injured, was it maybe against Tottenham? Um, I thought he played pretty well there and wasn't frightened to show. First game back from injury as well, wasn't it? Or one of the oh yeah, games. yeah. There was a few games around that time when he came back from injury. Yeah, I thought he he really stood up quite strongly. Um, so hopefully more to come from him. And as you say, with a full preseason at Chelsea and that kind of thing, maybe he can settle quickly and maybe be starting those early Pochettino games. Uh, we'll swiftly move on to Thiago Silva. Um, I guess for me, uh, an easy keep, I think, is because of Chelsea's defensive situation, there's a few people still speculating over his future, um, given, I guess, his age and profile and, you know, Chelsea have all these other bodies. But I think... He seems committed to Stan. Um, his sons, I think, both play in the academy. Uh, one of them in a pretty successful in the 14 side, I believe. Um, I think he said his son's got a contract for two years, so he's happy to stay. Um, and I think, you know, this season, obviously, Silva was player of the season uh, for Chelsea and deserved the, so probably the standout figure. I think going into 23, 24, you hope it's a bit more of a transition. Maybe he maybe he does start the season but perhaps by the end he isn't called upon quite as much maybe he can you know just be a real mentor for for that back line and teach them a lot but you know if he's ever called upon he really does the business um so for me it's probably an easy keep i think it'll be a, a shame to see him go whenever he does uh i don't know what your feeling is on that bobby yeah similar similar um yeah Definitely deserve player of the season. It's not ideal for Chelsea that you're, you know, your 38 year old centre back to get in player of the season. I, I don't think anyone really wants that to be the case, but it was pretty one sided because of how poor the majority of the squad were. Uh, but yeah, you know, top class, um, still one of the best centre backs in the Premier League, which, you know, says its own thing because he's 38. He's, you know, he, he's going to be turning 40 not, not that long away. Uh, but yeah, but. It's, him and his family seem really settled. Like you said, his son's playing for uh, Chelsea's academy, and 
we always see his wife, Belle Silver, on um, social media, Twitter or Instagram. She seems to love it and she gets involved with a lot of the stuff with the fans. Like we've seen her singing his name before and singing Chelsea um, outside Stamford Bridge. So, yeah, I mean, it's, they definitely, it seems like they definitely want to stay. At, Thiago's spoke about it and he's he's not really hinted at it even. There's, of course, a bit of interest in him. Um, we reported a, probably a couple of weeks ago now that there's a couple of Saudi Arabian clubs who sort of inquired about him, but hopefully for Chelsea's sake, that doesn't lead to anything. More of just a, a, you know, a punt in the dark from uh, the Saudi league who just seem to be trying to sign everyone at the moment. But yeah, obviously, obviously like you keep Thiago Silva, he's, he's still an unbelievable footballer and I think someone, Pochettino, will will call upon, hopefully not as much as he's been called upon in the last two years. And I'm not saying that because he's not good enough. It's just, like I said, you don't want a 38-year-old being your player of the season. You don't want to have to call on him that much because it leads to injuries. And bar that sort of, was it like a six-week period, Thiago Silva was out towards the end of last season or however long it was. It's remarkable he doesn't pick up more injuries because of how how much he's used. He was playing, you know, three games a week at some points. And I mean, me and you do have a predicted team a lot, and we do podcasts like this where we speak about it. And we quite often we'd say, "Oh, I'd rest Thiago Silva here," but then you'd see him in the starting lineup, and that probably shouldn't be the case because it's as as fit as he is for how old he is. I don't think it's really right to be playing him that much. And you want you want to tr- trust the younger players a bit more than they perhaps did last season so but yeah 100% keep him 100% and then one I think we might be a bit less certain on Kaladuka the Bali um, obviously arrived last summer when Chelsea were in desperate need of a centre-half following the departures of Antonio Rudiger and Andreas Christensen um, not been a smooth start to life um, at Chelsea had some obviously Difficult performances, particularly early on. I think everybody's going to remember that game against Leeds uh, where he really did struggle. Uh, and I think one where, if you, if you can sell him, um, maybe, sadly, Koulibaly has to go. Yeah, I, I think I, I think so. I'm quite on the fence about this because I haven't been massively impressed by him, but at the same time, I've seen bits of what he can do. But I think right now, when you look at it, I, I think he's 31. He's might be 32. Um, but early 30s, let's say, he's still someone who would have value. He's still, you know, got years left in his contract. And I think there's still, there is interest from Italy for him to return there. And I think if, if there is that interest, and then Chelsea would probably consider selling him because they'd still be able to get some good money for him. And... Again, I wouldn't be adverse to him staying, but there's going to be, we've already just said about three centre-backs we, we probably keep, and we haven't even finished talking about them yet. So, uh, yeah, I'd probably, if you had to put me on the spot right now, I'd probably sell him. But again, wouldn't be adverse to keeping him. I think he is a he's a quality quality player, just hasn't quite shown it yet. Yeah, and as we keep on going off the centre-half, I think, like you say, you are forced into that decision almost because they end up taking up almost half the squad. Um and I guess Trevor Chalibur, another guy who I think's had a really good season. I thought, especially under Potter in the early days of his tenure, he kind of stood out when few Chelsea players did. He's shown his versatility at right back at the end of the season. And, you know, I think you start to lean into wanting 
to keep him. But again, perhaps if you're looking at it as the club, he becomes an easier player to sell than some of the guys we've already mentioned. Um, but I think he proves himself time and again. He, he battled into the team under Tuchel um, with that obviously UEFA Super Cup final. He started and really helped Potter in the early time. And then by the end of the season, he was, he was in Lampard's team. And I don't think you can rule rule it out him doing it again. Obviously, I think alone's no good at this stage of Chalupa's career. He draws interest from teams like Inter Milan. I think Roma were interested, Spurs last year as well. He does need to be playing football, and I think it comes down to whether he thinks he will play football at Chelsea next season. But I guess from my perspective, I, I would like to see him stay, I think. It does become difficult because obviously there is another Chelsea defender who a big decision has to be made of that we'll speak about pretty shortly as well. But I get, I guess I edge to, to keeping him because I do like him and rate him. Um, but whether that's what pans out, I'm not exactly as sure. If I'm if I'm Trevor Chalaba, I'm I'm leaving Chelsea. But I, I agree with you. I think in an ideal world, Chelsea would want to keep him around because he he's shown what he can do at right back as well. Um, very impressive towards the end of uh, the season just finished. But I think for Chalaba, I think the, the amount of centre backs Chelsea have, I think he probably does need to go, and you know, just kick on somewhere else because he's 23, I think. He's not young, young. He's he's not old. I'm not saying he's old, but he's not, you know, like um, some of the other players Chelsea have in their squad. But it's difficult because I know he loves Chelsea and he'd want to stay. So he's obviously got that sort of bias towards it. And he would would love to be first choice every week, but he just won't be. And he obviously needs to have a chat with Pochettino if he hasn't already. And whoever else involved about his role next season because I think if it's like his role the season just gone I I don't think it would massively benefit him I, I think he's at a very crucial stage now of his career where he's not a finished package by any means but he, he, he's got real promise and if he goes somewhere else where he's going to be playing week in week out and be a really like, important player which he can be because he, he, he is a quality player and like he will definitely have a good career wherever he goes. Then I think that would benefit him more. So I, I'd like to see him stay, but you know that's more of a selfish point of view, really. For, for, for his, I think he needs to be a bit more selfish, really, and put himself first and perhaps move on this summer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I just wonder if he goes elsewhere, whether, you know, he's obviously came through the academy and perhaps he's the the guy that came through the academy and has played on loan and he's the young second choice at Chelsea. Maybe if you, you know, get that move to another club, they see him differently. Maybe he's like the big sign and maybe he's the starting defender. And maybe that just mentality shift will, will really help him grow and, and get an opportunity as well. Um, I guess another player who might feel they're in a similar situation uh Levi Colwell, obviously 
another really good loan uh, at Brighton. Haven't done so at Huddersfield the year before. Maybe Chelsea have made this one easy for us in some regards by declaring him not for sale. Um, Brighton obviously coming in with a bid for him earlier. Uh, and I don't know whether it was June, might be even still be May when that happened. Last week. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess solid keep in many respects, but you start seeing how many defenders Chelsea have. And, you know, some might suggest a loan, but given the quality he's shown, I mean, starting in the end for a team that finished you know, considerably above Chelsea. Maybe he's going to be competing for a spot on that first team and maybe it's time for him to get his chance. And I think a lot of Chelsea fans would, would like to see that. And as a result, I think you maybe need to keep him. Um, maybe some people would like to see him go on loan to Brighton again as, as a tool in certain negotiations for a certain midfielder. Um, but for me, I think you've got to keep him. Um, really show him the faith. Uh, to convince them to maybe sign a new deal. Uh, you know, I think as we see, saw with Chalby, you need to give players a chance at some point. Um, it might always seem the easy thing to do to not give the academy prospects game time when you've invested so much money in, in other players, but the time has to come at some point. And Colwell is shown that he's ready to play top-level football and, and has done for a while now. Yeah, it, it's his time. You're right. Um he needs to stay in that season, but he needs to play his value. Like, there needs to be promises to him, assurances that he's going to play because otherwise he won't be interested because that he's got, he's, he's got so much interest. I, I mean, it's gone a bit quiet recently, but it wasn't too long ago we were speaking about Liverpool and Man City sort of keeping an eye on the situation. So Brighton did like 30 million uh, last week. So he, he will literally have a queue of clubs top clubs as well waiting for him so if Chelsea are to keep him which I think they should then he's going he's gonna to need assurances that he's going to play every week and I think he deserves that like you said two really good loan spells at, in the championship and then you know last last summer when he went to Brighton people were asking the question like is it a real deal is he going to be able to do it at Brighton and he did like he was brilliant for them and you know as he's now you know knocking on the on Gareth Southgate's door um to be, to be in the England squad so that's great and yeah Chelsea need to play him um, <laughs> again like it's, it's so many centre-backs and we don't know who, who's going to be there but I, I'd like to see Fofana and Colwell well that season um, as much as I love Thiago Silva and he does deserve to play I, I think Fofana and Colwell will, should be the future of Chelsea really and I'd like to see how that works I think they're both they've both got quite similar attributes they're both really good on the ball, really good on the ball and really quick as well and you know, quite dominant in the air. Cole will probably more so. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see how, how he does at Chelsea and you're right, he, everyone sort of keeps talking about how he's a future of Chelsea and it has been like that for the last two years and now we need to see why he's a future of Chelsea and why there's so much hype about him that we already know because we, we've seen him week in, week out for Brighton but we need to see if he can do it for Chelsea you know, a, a very different club with very different, despite Brighton finishing, you know, considerably higher than Chelsea last season, there, there's so much more pressure being at Chelsea centre-back than there is at Brighton being on loan in Brighton. So I'm just dead interested to see how it goes. Yeah, and I do think he'll offer so much with his passing as well, not just, you know, I guess we often talk about these long-range 
luxury luxurious passes that that we sometimes see from defenders but just his ability to put the ball in the right place for midfielders and and lead the passes on as well i think that's going to be really really interesting for chelsea's midfield next year and um i guess we'll move on to the left hand side of defense now uh first a player who i don't know i'm beginning to think even is maybe a little bit underrated by chelsea fans i think he gets a little bit forgotten when we're talking about the the dilemmas at left back this season but Ben Chilwell, solid keep. I think possibly Chelsea's best attacking player at many stages this season. He's always in the opposition box. Um, and I don't know, I guess there's some debate with the likes of Ian Matson's future being talked about and where he would rank in Chelsea's left-back left standings. Obviously, lots of people are very excited about what Lewis Hall showed at the end of last year and, you know, suggesting he could, could be Chelsea's best left-back, which, you know, maybe all around... There's, there's a certain argument, but I didn't. I just think Ben Chilwell is a quality player who is, when fit, definitely in that first team, no questions asked. And I think, like I said, in a, in a team that struggles to attack, Ben Chilwell always finds an opportunity. Yeah, he's, you're right. He does stand out. And before his um, hamstring injury against Bournemouth, I think it was, he was playing some really good football in the way at Leicester. Um, was really good, like one of his best attacking displays I've seen with Chelsea, and that was not too long after he came back from injury. So it's just a similar situation, Reese James, and it you just need to just need to find a way to keep him fit. And but yeah, I, I do agree. I think he probably is a bit underrated by Chelsea fans. Um, he, he's he's a very 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 um, dangerous attacking threat, and you know he can defend as well. And I I think. I think he's someone who could really flourish under Pochettino. Um, we've seen we've seen um, fullbacks do that before under him, and yeah, I think there's no doubt you keep him. He's Chelsea's you know, best left back at the moment, and yeah, you you 100 keep him. And then the player who I think a lot of people will feel a certain way about, uh, Marco Carrera. Obviously, things didn't work out so well. For him in his first season in Chelsea Colours, he came in as Brighton's player of the season, cost, you know, £60 million and hasn't really kicked on from there. Obviously, I think he was probably brought in to play on the left side of a back three as much as at left back. But as you know before, we're probably moving to a back four and maybe that position isn't there for him anymore. Um, I, I don't know whether he's maybe one that you're going to be forced to keep i don't know how good the market would be for him if a sale was an option um maybe there'll, there'll be some loan offers but and i guess maybe we talk about lewis hall and ian matson at the same time here i think ian matson offers an easy solution to getting a sale i think burnley are going to be ready-made buyers there maybe you can get close to 20 million pounds from and you know, he probably will kick on if you can get a, a sell-on clause or an option or something like that. Maybe that would be really promising. Uh, but because of the difficulty that's surrounding Kukurea, I don't think you're going to be able to move him on easily. Certainly not for a price you would like. But that's not to say that wouldn't be the right decision either. Um, it is, of course, an option. But I don't know. I still think, you know, when you when you see the likes of Brighton, they have players who do develop maybe don't do a lot the first season and really kick on the second season. Maybe there's a chance Kukurea can do that. He offers something tactically different as well to Ben Chilwell, so maybe there's something good there. And then Lewis Hall, I think he really does throw the spanner in the works. I think his emergence makes it more likely that Matson sold. Um, 
I think Hall, you know, he looks ready for Premier League football, um, certainly on the left anyway. Whether he sees his future there, we guess still wait and see, given his maybe preference to be a midfielder. Um, but I think maybe Hall needs to, you know, play regular Premier League football. And I think I would probably loan him out to a, a team where he can, he can definitely get that because, as I said, I, I do rate Ben Chilwell so highly um, that he would be my start on left back end. Again, Chelsea don't have that European football to rely on to ensure rotations easy. So I guess for me, it'd be uh, as it was this season, though that seems a bit dull and boring. Um, I just really want to see Lewis Hall playing some first-team football. And I guess to a degree, Ian Matson too. If Chelsea could work out something for Matson where they can loan him out again and bottle him back, maybe something has changed with Kukure in a year's time, maybe that would be the best option. But I don't know. How do you see that situation awful now? Because it's a little bit of a messy one at left back. It is. Um, not dissimilar to you, to be honest. I'd I'd like to see Lewis Hall play more football and I maybe if you can get a loan for him where he can be guaranteed to play in central midfield, that'd be good because, I mean, we don't know this for sure, but you you probably think that that's where he sees his um where he sees himself playing in the future and probably where Chelsea see him as well because we see a lot with um central midfielders they often come into a first team as fullbacks because you know in midfield it's more of a competitive spot than it is fullback and with Lewis Hall I'd like to see him either in the Prem or the Championship pr- probably more likely the Championship if he was to start in midfield every week and just see what he can do there because a lot of Chelsea fans who don't watch academy football often haven't really seen him in midfield and that is you know that's his natural position he's he's technically brilliant like he's technically probably too good to be a fullback but he, we, we, we've seen it work with other clubs where central midfielders play fullbacks <clears throat> so that could be an option um, Ian Matson for me as well as he did at Burnley last season I think he's got to be sold just like you said, could probably more because of the whistle. Um, Chelsea are probably going to get 15 to 20 mil for him. That's a really good fee considering, you know, he's never really going to get a game at Chelsea because of the competition there. And yeah, Burnley seem keen to pay something around that. So that, that, that would be great for the club in trying to get some money back because that's, you know, that's a goal this summer more than anything. And Kukurea, yeah, I, I wouldn't be like I, I know I've just said about Lewis Hall going out alone. I also wouldn't be averse to Lewis Hall being the second choice left back and maybe just accepting you made a mistake with Kukurea, trying to get as much back as possible, even if that's only thirty to forty. Um, then I wouldn't be averse to that. But at the same time, if I'm trying to be nice, I think maybe give him one more season or at least till January, um, to see if he he can do better really, under Pochettino. Um, the, the, you could count on one hand how many times Kukurea played well last season, which is a shame, but yeah, I, I think there's definitely a player there. I just, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's at Chelsea, we'll see it, to be honest, because there is a, diff, there is a different level of pressure at Chelsea and players do get scrutinised a lot more. Um, and yeah, so I, if you put me on the spot, which I guess we are doing because we're recording this podcast. Um, I'd probably keep Kukurea, obviously keep Chilwell, as I said, look to loan Lewis Hall out and 
Zowie and Matson. Cool. Yeah, it will be really interesting to see how that pans out this summer as well. I think it could go any number of directions. Um, but 40 minutes in, and we can now move on to the midfield. Um, yeah, we'll start how, with... how have we only spoken about goalkeepers and defenders? It's crazy. I'm just thinking of how many attackers we've got to get for as well. <laughs> I think maybe going forward, some of the decisions start to get a little bit easier, but maybe we'll see. Um Certainly, I think may- maybe the easiest decision outside of Reese James, Enzo Fernandez. What do you do? Yeah, I think we're keeping Enzo. Yeah, he's brilliant. I, I mean, we won't spend too long on him because we- we've spoken so much about him already on other pods. But yeah, obviously keeping him, he's brilliant. I just want I want to see him with the right people um, next to him, really. Which you know is a whole different podcast, but yeah. Brilliant player, uh, really exciting player to watch, and you know the future of Chelsea. And I guess moving on to somebody who I don't know, maybe you think he is an ideal partner, or perhaps it's time for his Chelsea career to end. And we haven't got very long to find this out now, but Angolo Kante, um, you know, for, for some, um, probably for me at one point, yeah, best player in the world, candidate almost, like unbelievable. Uh, his contract set to end at the end of the month as things stand. Obviously, no option to loan there, no option to really sell, but you know, we could see him heading to, to Saudi Arabia with some crazy £100 million salary figures that we're starting to hear. I think ideal world, it would be great to see Kante stay, maybe even if he only plays half of Chelsea's games, he maybe keep them for the, the big ones and hopefully you can find the best Kante but because of things like his injury record, I guess though it would be upsetting to see him leave, maybe not the most disappointing thing at the same time. Um, so probably I, I would edge on uh, keep because he is a legend and on this day one of the finest players in world football. But, you know, looking at his age and, and those other things, I guess you've got to be open to the possibility of him going. I'd probably... Yeah, I'd probably let him leave to be honest, and I completely understand what you're saying when you, uh, when you're saying keep him because he's still a still a brilliant player, and we, I mean, we saw I think it was his first start after, you know, his injury last season. I think it was against Liverpool, and he just immediately like looked like the best player on the pitch, and that's after having so many months out um, injured, um, but. I think really when you look at how often he is getting injured now and in being 30, 32 or 33, I can't remember. Um, I think, yeah, probably letting him go would be the right thing to do. I, I think there's a lot of sentiment there and I think Chelsea needs to be more ruthless than just sentiment. I don't, like he's still a quality player, but I don't think he is the player he once was. And that was always going to happen because, because of the way he plays. How you know how much ground he covers on the pitch? I wouldn't be again. I wouldn't be against keeping him, but I think it's going to be difficult to keep him now because I think if he was to have signed a new contract, I think he would have done it by now. And it's literally the end of this month. It's twenty four days away until his contract's up, so it does look like he probably is going to be leaving. Yeah, and I think maybe Chelsea were a little bit slow to figuring out their midfield transition and. Kante and Jorginho, who is gone already, and Kovacic were obviously a high-caliber midfield three, I think, last season. 
in maybe early parts of this season. I always felt that with only two of them playing, it didn't feel like you were covering all the bases you needed in midfield. Um, they both, well, all three can could do amazing things when on their final game, and maybe it was because Kante was not at his fittest. You don't see the benefits of everybody. Um, but it did, and I guess it is now definitely time um, for a midfield transition. That's already started happening with Enzo Fernandez, and obviously, you know, if Casido, if Lavi end up coming in, it's going to be lots of change in the centre of the pitch. And I think that's probably what makes the time for Kovacic to leave uh, for me. He will be a miss in terms of his age, bringing an experienced head in Chelsea side, can do some good things going forward, but, you know, just maybe doesn't do enough for Chelsea in the centre of the pitch in terms of impact in the game all of the time. I think he has had, obviously, some brilliant moments. I think he's been a Chelsea player of the season past as well and, and somebody who I do really like. Watch the player when he's on song, but in terms of constructing the team, maybe just doesn't offer what Chelsea need all the time. And, you know, another player that Chelsea can get a decent fee for. Um, Man City being the team we get does bring me lots of fear. I can't like, so I think he could be brilliant for them without having the same defensive worries of what have existed at Chelsea. But yeah, probably time for him to depart if Chelsea can get that big, you know, pretty big fee. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you just know he'll be amazing at Man City and like any any top class midfielder would be really in that side. But I, I, I do agree. I think it is time to move on. I, I'd be wary about selling him to Man City for the reasons I just said. Um, I'd be more open to selling him to, say, Bayern Munich, who we know are interested as well, Thomas Sukul there. Um, but yeah, he, he has been... He's been brilliant for Chelsea, and he's on on his day. He's one of my favourite players to watch. You know, in the world, he's really entertaining football to watch. His footwork, his passing, his power when he runs with the ball, brilliant, all brilliant. But I don't know. It, I guess the collection of injuries and just not being consistent enough doesn't sort of means that he's not um, rated that highly, really, by a lot of Chelsea fans. I know a lot of Chelsea fans would, um, you know, would absolutely love to keep him. But on the flip side of I'd say probably the vast majority would be open um, to allowing him to leave the season um, this summer. And I think, yeah, I think you do. I, like, there, there is a lot of sentiment in the Chelsea team because a lot of them played in that Champions League winning squad and, you know, played in some great Chelsea sides, Kovacic being one of them. But like I said, with Kante, I think we, we need to see a bit, we need to see a, a ruthlessness really that we perhaps haven't seen a lot of recently with a lot of with a lot of these players because when they are on the pitch so sometimes they just don't do they just don't show what they're meant to on a regular basis and I think Kovacic is one of them players yeah and then the figure who I guess steps in when those guys like of Kovacic and Kante have been injured Ruben Loftus-Cheek it perhaps makes the decision easier given that it looked like he said his goodbye uh, at Stamford Bridge on the final day of the season, but a, a good time for him to move on as well. So I guess you'd probably say sell him because it appears there is a market, it appears he is willing to move and, you know, with a year on his contract, the last chance to actually bring any money in and if things are looking in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this it's almost a no-brainer, this one. Um, he, he's been a good player of Chelsea, but he, you know probably hasn't lived up to his uh, potential. And again, it might not really be his fault. He's had some horrendous injuries, and 
been loaned out a couple of times and it's just not really worked for him but yeah it's still sad to see him go i think i think everyone in Stafford bridge was quite emotional when they saw him you know as good as saying goodbye when he was clapping the fans off the pitch when he was walking off the pitch yeah it looks like he's going to go to ac milan we don't really know what's going on there at the moment in terms of um changes to the board that was announced last night on monday night but yeah i think loftus cheek it's time to you know part ways with him especially considering he's only got just uh, just over 12 months left on his um deal and then another player who is an academy player and i think a lot of people probably would be open to see depart and i think that's probably unfair because he's somebody who i would definitely keep as as connor gallagher um i think he's came into the team under lampard and showed the tenacity that everybody knows he's got i think some people might question maybe his his first touch or his you know composure at times he's a fan of a yellow card but i think that work rate and i'm sure that extends through a trend is going to be crucial and i think pochettino will like him um whether whether his transfer is required to you know build up some funds for some of these mega money deals that we're, we're starting to hear about i don't know but for me I, w- I would really like to see conor gallagher stay whether he's still happy with a role uh, in the team when these transfers happen is another thing there will be interest from teams probably like newcastle and west ham from january everything of course we're interested but i think he's somebody who can really set the tone and you know lampard spoke a lot towards the end of his tenure about the the number of disillusioned players at the team and players who had their heads turned i don't think you ever get that sense from conor gallagher and yeah, I would like to see more of them in a Chelsea show. Yeah, um, difficult one. I'm not. I'm definitely not as sure as you are on it. I think, I think I'd like to see him probably stay, but as long as it was, as long as it there was a clear role for him and that wasn't, you know, a starter. Um, but then again, like like I was saying about Chalaba, I don't think that's necessarily the best thing for him. I think he, he's a similar age to Chalaba, and I think probably does need to be playing week in, week out, like he was at Palace um, a couple of seasons ago, where he did really well. Uh, I just, I don't know, we saw him in so many different roles last season at Chelsea and, you know, under different managers. I, I just never really saw a plan with him, I guess, um, of where he's going to be playing. I think he was doing different things each week, whereas you probably wanted him to be doing similar stuff and, you know, cementing a place or certainly an idea in the first team, and I just don't think we saw that. Um, I'm very on the fence with this one. I'll probably I'm probably leaning towards keep because, like you said, he has got a fantastic attitude, and I think he's one of those players that a manager would love. Um, and I'm sure Pochettino will really like him, but as long as for Chelsea's sake, as long as they can keep him and you know not be relying on him in the first team, then I think he's probably a good player to have around to come off the bench sometimes to do a job. But I, I just don't, I don't really see him having too much of a long-term future. But I probably keep him for next season. Yeah, some interesting points, and I think some that are probably going to be applicable to to Carney Chukwemeka as well. Um, honestly, I don't even know where where to begin with him. Um, I think he's got so much potential, so much promise, but he really needs to play football. And I guess whether you want to keep alone him i don't think a sales really on the cards for anybody yet but depends on 
what happens with the rest of midfield. If Chelsea shift loads and struggle to get some wine, then he's going to get some opportunities, whether it be in midfield or slightly further forward. I think, yeah, keep him great. He could really maybe thrive under Pochettino. But I think more than anything, playing time is crucial. I mean, he needs to have that opportunity to impact games more regularly because, you know, he just didn't play enough this season. And I think for that reason, I'd probably go for a loan at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him get a chance. Um, you know, actual run of games on the side because we didn't see that last season and we've only seen glimpses. But I thought I, I think he's looked fantastic sometimes. Um, but yeah, alone probably is a sensible option because realistically, he's not going to be doing that, especially if you know Chelsea are going to sign some of these players we're seeing and linked with um, in midfield in a similar position, but. Yeah, it's very interesting to see. I've just got like Deli Ali vibes about him with Pochettino and Deli Ali. I can't get that sort of thought out of my head. Um, obviously, it doesn't always happen like that, but we we saw how good Deli Ali was under Pochettino. And he sort of never really did it for any other manager. That, that so, would be the dream, wouldn't it? That would be. Yeah, yeah, of course, and yeah, it's it's unrealistic. I'm just you know I'm dreaming. But, um, yeah, loan is probably the sensible option. But, yeah. Loan with no buy with no buy clause because he I think he really has got a future at Chelsea. I think a lot of a lot of the people at the club rate him very highly, and you know he's he's a really confident lad. And I think if he if he was to go out on loan to the Premier League team, then I think he'd really flourish. Um, yeah, so I go for a loan. Cool, and then I think one where there's probably going to be all sorts of different answers on social media for. Um, Mason Mount, uh, but the name of the summer so far, probably the contract saga of the season, and you know, maybe things will get resolved quickly, but could be the one to to drag on for a few weeks yet as well. Um, I think you've got to keep him. I know that might sound silly; you might lose your opportunity to, you know, earn what is still significant money for him. But if Pochettino wants to keep him. I really think that could be a little partnership that really does do big things for Chelsea. Um, he's obviously had an off-season this season. I think, you know, he's got credit in the bank to overcome that. He he could be part of that English core we've heard Pochettino wants. He, he could really still do a lot for the club. Um, and I don't know, it just feels crazy to, to say you want to sell Mason Mount. Um, I understand he only has a year on his contract. You maybe look at some of the context around how those negotiations have went and, and can see why you could come to the decision for a sale. But I don't know, it just feels like with the, the money Chelsea spend and have spent and, and could spend, figuring out an agreement for Mount should or maybe could be worthwhile um, just from a value perspective. I guess if you if you let him go, do you replace him? I guess Chelsea might not have room to replace him. Um, and I just think if you keep him, there's 12 months for Mason Mount and Mauricio Pochettino to fall in love with each other and then he has to sign an extension and maybe everything's everything's fine. Maybe it's too optimistic. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I think, I think you have to keep him. Well, you don't have to, but like, I think you lean towards keeping him just from what you you literally took the words out of my mouth, even if it was just just to see how they get on, 
Pochettino and Mount, like by by all accounts, it sounds like Poch wants to keep him, and you you'd like to think the issues around his contract, which we we've reported on, on over on Football London, um, you'd like to think that Pochettino will have some you know some say to the board, be like if, if this guy's a crucial player, then let him have this or. Can we sort that out? There's obviously a lot more to it that we we don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's su- he's such a good player. Like it's last season, obviously. I I'm still getting confused when I say I've said last season a lot. I mean that season that's literally just finished. But I guess it technically is still this season. But um, he was he did have a poor season, and I get I guess an easy sort of answer to why would be because of what's going on behind the scenes and you know the sort of how poor Chelsea were playing I guess I guess it kind of kind of excuses him a bit but I just don't think you want to sell I did but Chelsea don't want to sell him like we know that but they may be forced to um sell him to a rival such as Manchester United who look by by far the front runners at the moment Liverpool interested Man City they wouldn't want to sell him to one of those clubs that they want to keep him, but there is a, so much like baggage now that it, it seems that it's just not going to happen really. And unless we're surprised, unless everyone's surprised and, you know, the two parties do finally reach an agreement, but well, by the time we're recording this pod early June, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And Chelsea are probably going to have to sell him this summer. But if you ask me as someone who, you know, Watches Chelsea every single game they play out. I'd like to see Mason Mount stay. Of course, I would because, like you said, it's a really exciting proposition him playing under such a fantastic head coach in Mauricio Pochettino. Yeah, and I think how they're selling, and we talked about it before, selling to a Premier League rival. I think just makes it all the worse. Whether it be Manchester United, Liverpool, like you know they are getting better in some way by signing Mason Mount. And, you know, that makes Chelsea's job of reaching Europe next season all the more difficult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, it's not something... You don't see it too often between Premier League clubs, but it has happened before. Like, I see, like, for example, like, Robin Van Persie go from Arsenal to Manchester United and he, like, won them the Premier League, essentially, in um, Fergie's last year. I'm not going to say that's going to happen if he goes to Man United or Liverpool, but it, it's just stuff like that that you don't want to see. And it, it's being reminded of what you've lost on a more regular basis and what would happen, say, if you went to a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich where you perhaps don't watch European football as much. So I think that, yeah, there's a lot to be said about selling to an English rival for, for a fan's sort of mental state as well. If, you, yeah. if you're loving Mason Mount, but you're overall a Chelsea fan, then it's just difficult to see him, you know, week in, week out playing in. Manchester United shirts just unthinkable. Yeah, and I guess we can maybe move on to players where most people probably see them depart in the club. And I don't know, I always see this duo as a collective, and I don't really know why, but uh, Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech. Yeah, so um, do I. It's weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. Whenever, whenever I write about him in articles, I'm always just like, I'm either writing them about them in the same sentence or they're going back to back. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I think they, they've both obviously been linked with moves away previously last summer. Um, it appeared both wanted to leave the club. I think both good players on the day, both can offer something. I think even 
Pochettino might have liked Pulisic previously. Um, but I think it's just, it feels like it's just time for them to leave. Chelsea have already signed other wingers and maybe it's time to, to make that transition. Uh, it hasn't quite worked out for either at Chelsea, you know, a couple of seasons ago. I think it was during the lockdown period, Pulisic looked like he was going to become the best player in the league all of a sudden. He was unreal yeah. for a period. Um, but again, in, injuries for him haven't quite worked out. And then Ziyech, you know, just hasn't really fit in any of Chelsea's coaches' systems uh, as well as people would have liked uh, for a long time. And yeah, I guess time to say goodbye to both for me. Definitely. Um, yeah, easiest decision I think we have. Uh, like you said, ZX's not looked at home in any system. He just, uh, I'm sure there is a system out there that suits him, but I don't see it being Pochettino's. Pulisic, uh, yeah, injuries have affected him. He, I don't know. He just, he's a frustrating player to watch for me. I, I think because you know he's really good and you know he's got bags of potential. But yeah, I think for both of their sakes and Chelsea's sake, I think yeah, time to part company this summer. Yeah, and I guess because I mentioned them now, we will then go to the two newest wingers at Chelsea, Nani Madueke and. Um, Mikhailo Mudrik, um, obviously slowish starts, I'd say, to, to, to life at Chelsea. Uh, Mudrik came in, obviously, needing playing time. The, there's been the break in the, the Shaka Dinsky season. Um, and I think we saw the result of that. He maybe struggled to get up to speed as quickly as what everybody would like. Um, looked incredible in that match against Liverpool where he made his debut, of course. Uh Noni obviously showed a bit more promise, got into the team towards the end of the season, and I think, you know, gave a little bit to get excited about. I think providing you see people like Ziyech and Pulisic go, that they become players you, you do want to keep, um, they have probably done the hard yards in some respect of, of earning the move to the big club. And, you know, I think maybe a loan would be a backward step um, for both. And I guess particularly for the fee Chelsea spent on Mudrick, it would be a very bad luck to then see him go out on loan to, to, to a different side. So I think you've got, you've got to keep them. And I think actually they are really exciting prospects for next season because I think, you know, with a full preseason and time to get in with a team that hopefully are all pulling in the same direction next season, they, they could do some big things. And yeah, I think keep has to be the decision for them. Yeah, of course. Um both haven't, you know, both haven't, you know, lived up to the hype just yet. But um, there's definitely potential there. I'm very, I'm very excited to see Mudrick, perhaps more than anyone that season, just to see if he can, um, you know, after a full preseason, like you said, just kick on at Chelsea and just just show something because we we've seen little bits, but they have just been little bits, unfortunately. Like you said, after that. 30 odd minutes against Liverpool at Anfield, it looked like Chelsea had, you know, like an Eden, Eden Hazard quality player in their team again. And everyone was so excited, but it just hasn't been the same since then. And yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people quick to write him off already, saying, you know, he's one of the worst signings ever because of the fee paid for him. But I, I don't think you can judge him just yet. Um, football is very much like that nowadays. There's a lot of uh, unnecessary quick reactions. Um, whereas I think I think every every single player in his context, and I've, we've spoken about it before, but Mudrick definitely does 
Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see him. Madawiki as well. I think he's got bags of potential. Um, really exciting player to watch. I think someone who, when he gets in the box and is facing a fullback on one on one, I think you just expect him to get the better of him and do something. But just needs to find a way to add end product to his game, I guess, which you, you could say out with a lot of Chelsea players, but I think it's more evident with someone like Madueke because of how good he is at doing the other things. And then you've got like, a, you've got a seriously good winger on your hands and he's still so young. So by no means I'm saying that he'll never be able to do that. I think he will eventually. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see both. It'd be interesting to see just with every, every single position, really what Pochettino does next season. And, but yeah, with Madawaki and Mudrick, I think they're two players who could be crucial for Chelsea next season. And equally, they're two players who might not play too much for Bart. I have no idea. But yeah, exciting. And at the other end of the spectrum, a more experienced head, uh, Raheem Sterling. What, what's your view on him? Yeah, um, I think I think he's actually. I think me and you were talking about this the other day. I think he's almost had an underrated season in many ways. Whereas I'm not saying he's, you know, lived up to what he should be doing. But I think, I don't think his season's as bad as people have made out. I think he still scored something like nine goals, um, like more than any other Chelsea player in all competitions, has a few yeah. assists. I think, I think the most Chelsea assists as well. Yeah. And look, that's still not high enough because Chelsea should never have these low of numbers with the attacking players they've got. But I think he's he's been very frustrating at times, Sterling, but you know, he's been in and out of a side that's been so bad and out of an attack that's just not firing at all and has no has not really shown many much signs of chemistry really. Um but I, I do think under Pochettino I think he'll really flourish. I've got I've got big expectations for Sterling that season. I think doesn't need to prove himself necessarily because he's done that, like he's done that, he's passed that, he's proved to everyone before that he's, you know, world class England national. Um, but I think he almost does have a point to prove with Chelsea in that regard. And I think next season, we're, I do think Sterling will be much improved next season. I think we could be talking about someone who gets, you know, between 15, 16, 17 goals, that sort of range in all competitions. Similar numbers to what he was doing at Man City, perhaps not as high, but. I, I do have big expectations for him, and I think I think he'll be. Um, I think eventually we'll see him in Pochettino's best team. If I was to make a prediction right now, so definitely keep him. Yeah, and I think just what what can he teach uh, Madueke and and Mudrick as well? He's he's been in that position as the young starlet before, hasn't he? And I think he can probably pass it pass a lot on there. And as you say, still so good, Sterling, and you know hopefully. He's got that little injury issue. Hopefully, that can rest up and he can really fire at the start of next season and, you know, deliver on, I guess, what was expected when Chelsea signed him last season. Um, I think, I think, I think sorry, I, I think Lampard spoke quite a lot to me about how he used to tell wingers at Everton and Derby, like, to look at Raheem Sterling and what he does, what he was doing for Man City, like, the positions he takes up. So, it, it's an easy like sort of assumption to make, but if you could teach that to Mudrick and Madawaki, then that they could be adding like an extra five goals a season or something like that. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you say, I think still still a big role to play uh, for him. 
I think somebody who probably doesn't have a big role for Chelsea going forward, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I guess you talked about Chelsea being ruthless uh, before this summer. Maybe that's somebody they do need to be ruthless with uh, this season. Obviously, I think the likes of Alonso and Ross Barkley last season end up having their contracts cancelled or going on freeze or whatever. Maybe Chelsea need to do that with Aubameyang. Maybe they need to do it sooner rather than later. So... You know, like last season, that the club don't go on preseason with lots of players who don't have a future at the club. Yeah, absolutely. It was a gamble. Um, might have worked if Tuchel stayed because their relationship, but we'll never know. Um, yeah, easy, easy. One of the easier decisions he has to go, and whether that whether Chelsea get anything for him, probably unlikely. So it might be one of one that they have to terminate, and I think that'll be for the best interest of everyone, really. Yeah, an easy one. And I guess the guy that has actually played up front all season may be a more difficult decision. Kai Havertz. Um, he, I think he might have played more games for Chelsea than anybody else this season, which probably says a little bit for the competition Chelsea have had up front this year. But he has, he has been important. Um, it's impossible to speak about him without speaking about that Champions League goal. I think at time looks like he has such incredible quality that he sees the game a different way to a lot of other players. Uh, but that is not when he's up front. Uh, I think you end up getting the question, what role does he have under Pochettino? How does Christian Nkunku impact that role? Does a sale become the sensible thing to do if Real Madrid are willing to spend the money it takes? I think rather than being, you know, wanting any of these outcomes for habits, you almost become happy or content if he can be sold for a good fee because it almost takes the decision out of your hands if it is a Real Madrid, a club that he would consider going to. But at the same time, there's just something lingering there. Could, could he offer something behind the striker where I do think he's better, where he has a bit more time and space to see passes and receive the ball and operate on that different wavelength. That does linger in my head a little bit, what what he could do um, in a different um, system under Pochettino. But I think sell is maybe the right answer on this one, but maybe it also depends on what happens with Mount and a couple of other players. I think I'll keep him. Um, I think you made a good point about playing behind the striker. I do think sometimes it's a bit better there. Um, just, you know, he's got space in front of him, whereas sometimes where he's sort of back to go, um, looking back at his teammates coming on, I don't think he's necessarily as good there. He, I mean, he, he's shown he can be effective there, but not often enough and not on a regular enough basis. But I think I would keep him. Uh, the thing is, I, I do also think that if you're Chelsea, you say to him that either sign a new contract this summer or give us something where we can protect your value a bit, not necessarily increasing his wages by much because he probably, just judging by his performances, probably doesn't deserve that. Um, but I think there needs to be, there needs to be, you know, like a general plan with his um, contract because it's up in 25, I think. So he's got, you know, just over two years left on it. And then by next summer, if he does stay, of course, it'll be, 12 months left and Chelsea will risk losing him for like half of what they paid for him, if that. So there is definitely a 
there's definitely something where you could sell him this summer because the offers that like they're going to be there with Real Madrid. You know, losing, losing Benzema and supposedly being really, you know, big fans of Havertz. But I'd like to see him stay because I I do think. I just think there's something there that could explode um, that we haven't seen yet. Not really seen yet. I mean, we've, there's a lot of Chelsea fans you'd ask and they absolutely love Havertz and he is a great player to watch, but far too often you'll just see him strolling around the pitch and not looking too arsed. Uh, so I, I just want to find him a role where he does fit and like, hopefully do see him explode. But so that's why that's why I probably would keep him because there's definitely like a world class player there somewhere. Just don't know quite where, and I'm not. I just I hope for his and Chelsea's sake, Pochettino sort of does have a plan for him because again, again, I guess it's a bit like Gallagher. I, I think there's not really been it's not been clear to see what he's doing at times this season, um, whether that's holding the ball up or making a run in behind or coming deep I think I think he needs to find a balance of what he does and if he is to be a number nine and if not playing behind the striker I think that probably would suit him a lot more yeah certainly an interesting one to see how that proceeds as well but you know hopefully Chelsea will have a striker to rely upon next season and either that can allow Havertz to leave or it can allow flourish and a more true position um yeah, because I think one or the other does need to happen. Um, but we, we do have a couple of strikers to talk about. Uh, I guess we'll start off with Amanda Breuer first. Um, his situation's a little bit more difficult than maybe what it was 12 months ago, because obviously he's recovering from injury at the moment. Um, as you reported over the weekend, is intended to be back for preseason, which is great news. Um, and, you know, I would really like to see him... I, Sound like a bit of a broken record now, but I would like to see him under Mauricio Pochettino. Uh, he didn't get too many chances from the start uh, this season, but did, you know, he looked like he had some, some urgency about his play, did show something when he did get his opportunities, perhaps not enough in terms of efforts on goal or, you know, actual goals. Hard to, well, maybe it's not hard to know. Maybe that is a Chelsea problem rather than an Armando Brogia problem. Um and, you know, I think we, we mentioned earlier on dreaming of that Deli Yali like connection. Uh, maybe Harry Kane connection would be even better uh, for Pochettino. Maybe Brogia is the one one to do that. But I don't know. I think it would be good to see um, Pochettino showing the ability to aid and bring him through a striker. But obviously, Harry Kane is a, a special, special player. So you don't want to put any kind of unreasonable pressure on Brogia and what he has to deliver immediately. Uh, Kane had obviously started coming through at Tottenham just before Pochettino's arrival. Um, but I do think Brogia is a big talent and I would like to see more of him in a forward position and hopefully he can get some opportunities. But I think there will be people who would argue that maybe it's time for him to be sold or you know, maybe try and push for another loan. But I think you know, after last summer, I, th- I think you, you need to keep the faith with Brogia. Yeah, I agree with most of that. Yeah, I think I think what I do is probably keep him around while he's recovering because he's targeting preseason, which is great, and ho- hopefully um, there's no more setbacks, and hopefully you know he's around in and around the squad. But there's still going to be 
a lengthy process before he starts playing like serious minutes because of how serious his injury was. And I probably review the situation in January. Um, if he's not playing that often, um, for other players performing in his position, then I probably look for a loan in January. And then you know, by then it could be that Chelsea don't see as a future, or they do see as a future on the other side, on the flip side. Um, but yeah, he's a seriously talented player and one that has shown promise and, like you said, a great attitude. And one that you know would like to stay at Chelsea, ideally. I think he's signed a new contract recently, quite recently. Um, so he obviously loves the club and he, he wants to stay. But yeah, it's just it's just a difficult one. And it, again, it very much depends what Chelsea do um, this summer in terms of incomings. We know they're looking at strikers, different strikers. Although the midfield seems to be the priority at the moment, once they get one or two midfielders in, I guess goalkeeper and strikers will start will start hearing more about that. But yeah, interesting one, Borja. But I I would probably keep until January at least, and then just review the situation. Yeah, and I guess the the other young striker on the books at the minute is David Datro Hafana. Limited opportunities since he arrived in January. I think for me, maybe if you can facilitate any easy decision to put him out on loan to to try and prove himself just that little bit more. Definitely. Definitely. I think probably should have done it when they signed him, to be honest, in January, because I think he only played like three or four games um, and not, didn't really have any minutes at all. Uh, there was talk of a January loan move, I remember, on deadline day, but it was quickly dismissed. Um, but yeah, I think they probably should have done it then. I think they definitely need to do it this summer because... I can't see a world where he's, you know, challenging for the number nine shirt. When you've got the likes of Nkunku coming in, you've got potentially another striker coming in, whoever that may be. And obviously Kai Havertz, who can play there. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't see Ambroa, Berio, we just spoke about. Um, don't see a world where Fofana's really challenging for a place. So, to me, it's an easy decision to send him out alone, whether that's, whether you'd want that to be in the Premier League or you maybe, you know, uh, back to Norway, to France, to Belgium, any of these places, Germany. But I do think, yeah, either a six-month loan deal or a 12-month loan deal is the ideal solution. Yep, and, you know, every year Chelsea have a army of players head out on loan, so it's only right that we touch on at least some of those guys who are coming back uh, this summer. We obviously already mentioned a few, so we'll not double over them, but maybe a bit more quick fire on these ones. Um, we'll start off with Malang Saar, spent last season on loan at Monaco, struggled to break through a little bit, and I think now is out injured after just undergoing surgery. Uh, what would you do there, Bobby? Should I give you one word answers? Yeah, unless you've got something big to say, feel free. Yeah, I'll get all right. I haven't got anything big to turn start to sell. Uh, Ethan Ampadu. Sell. So, oh, big one, big decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've probably got a bit more sell to actually. Is um, I I don't. Do you know how much how long he's got left in his contract? I don't know. I, I, th- I think it's a year again. So yeah, it's a big yeah. a big moment. Yeah, it's one of those things, and I don't see Chelsea giving him a new deal. To be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Fran do it. As talented as I think he is and, you know, as versatile as he is, and I just probably would sell him. And if I'm him, again, I'm, I'm leaving Chelsea. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll go for a big gun next. Um, T. 
Timu Bakayoko after two years away at AC Milan. Barely played a game in the last 12 months. So, how long has he got left on his contract? Uh, I think another two years. No, it must just be a year. Um, I'll get that, but yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think he had a clause in Milan that if he played, they would have to uh, make a permanent deal. And although he's been on the bench pretty much every week, he, he's barely played a second this season, I think, <laughs> if, if, if any seconds at all. And yeah, he does have a year remaining on his deal. But yeah, I think that's a deal that you know Chelsea need to put in the back window and hopefully leave behind at some point soon. Yeah. Um, Purely because he's having such a good under-20s World Cup and has went on loan to Redden last year. Um, Cesar Casade uh, leading the goal-scoring charge at the under-20 World Cup in Argentina at the moment as Italy are still in the semi-finals. Uh, I think another loan is probably the obvious answer for him, maybe to a, you know step up the level of championship, maybe follow that Ian Matson path, and maybe there's something around for him uh, in a year's time. Yeah, um, unless Pochettino has different plans where he sees him, you know, starting a cup game of Aaron, like every now and then. But yeah, def- definitely keep, well, keep of the club, but yeah, learn, yeah. And I'll hit you straight away with Andre Santos. Yeah, again, loan. I think similar to Cassidy, really, really bright talent and one that Chelsea fans are really excited about. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best thing for him at such a young age is to have regular football, I think that's what will... Um, yeah, I think the only thing I wonder with Santos is maybe they take a bit of a Cassidy approach and, and give him the first few months of the season to, you know, adjust to the environment a little bit before, you know, going on that first loan like Cassidy last season. So, yeah, but yeah, what's it like playing the dev squad for a bit, maybe? Training. Yeah, and, yeah training with the first team. So obviously, that is what has been mentioned so much. Since since that sign in January, is that you could have been involved with the first team? So interesting one to see going ahead. Um, tough one here. Um, one word answer or you know a book maybe, um, whichever whichever way you want to go. Callum Hudson Adoy. God, I forgot about him. Oh, I'm gonna sell probably. Yeah, I think yeah. I probably. Agree. I think best. He's got too, too many too many wingers now. I don't think, to be honest, it's not been an amazing loan spell at Leverkusen for him. Um, from what I've seen, yeah, you know, someone who I still think will have a good career, but probably elsewhere from Stamford Bridge. Yeah, probably shouldn't be as quite as blase about my, my cell verdict as I was, but, you know, he has looked a, a prestigious talent. It's Chelsea in the past, perhaps struggled to reach some of those heights since Another injury, as, as it is a shame to see uh, talents hit down by them. But I think he was assured of, of his future at Chelsea last summer, and that's why the Leverkusen move was just alone. But, you know, after you've signed two wingers in January, have still to get past I think it might be hard to convince them of a future quite as easily this summer, and maybe, maybe it's best for all parties to move on at this stage. And... Uh, I guess we'll finish off with this one, though, of course, many more lone players like Bashir Humphreys. Perhaps he could go out on a loan uh, and a whole host of others. Um, but the big one who, you, you know, his, his relationship with Chelsea, you probably could write a book about, uh, Romelu Lukaku. Yeah, um, so I I don't... He doesn't want to come back by, by the sounds of it. Um, 
too much water under the bridge to use that metaphor. I just don't think it works. Chelsea fans, I think a majority are done with him. I don't think he necessarily be received that well coming back to Stamford Bridge after, you know, his comments. Um, and just, yeah, just the way he handled himself the first time, his performances weren't good enough. Um, and the way he handled himself off the pitch, I think so. I think you could probably still get some, obviously going to have a massive, take a massive loss on him because Chelsea paid, you know, what, what, what you can now say in hindsight was over the odds for him in like a hundred million almost. But yeah, I, I think it, I don't think it's too much for me. It's not too much of a difficult decision. I definitely sell him. Yeah, certainly. I think if it can be done, it will be done. And uh, I guess we'll end things there um, today, Bobby. I don't know whether you want to flag up anything you're writing about at the moment or what you have planned, or maybe even a crazy Chelsea prediction for, the, for we, the next few weeks. We've been recording this podcast for so long. I can't remember what I was writing about. Um, <laughs> I know we'll, we'll have a. Um, Myself or Scott, or perhaps both, we haven't decided yet, we'll have a transfer sort of state of play thing up in the morning, which will be Wednesday morning. I don't know when you guys are going to be hearing this, but that will be, there'll be a bit of what we've spoken about here in terms of outgoings, but there'll be a few, you know, snippets of um, potential incomings at Chelsea as well, including, you know, the likes of Moises Caicedo, um, Romeo Lavia, new goalkeepers and potentially a new striker. And like I said, Plenty to do with the likes of you know Conor Gallagher, Ruben Loftus Cheek, and Golo Kante, etc. So yeah, just um, either follow myself or Scott on Twitter. I think our Twitter handles. Um, yeah, you're allowed to follow us both as well, though. Don't worry. <laughs> Did I say it all? <laughs> yeah, um, and you'll you'll see that. So yeah, just keep an eye out on the socials for that. Yeah, um, thank you for joining us. If you made it this far through the podcast, it is much appreciated. Uh, stick around, check on football.london. We'll have plenty of Chelsea news throughout the summer. There's definitely plenty more to come. Uh, I think later this week we'll probably have the released and retained lists uh, to come out. So keep an eye on that one. And, you know, we're not even that far away from the Premier League fixture list dropping next week either. So, so keep around for that. Thanks for joining us and we'll be back again next week.